Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Why So Serious podcast. Um, good morning, John. You there? Sean, good morning. I'm right here, man. Cool, cool, man. How are you feeling this morning? Um, I am up, ready, and Adam. All right. You're at, I thought you were John. Are you Adam? And Adam. What's going on, man? You, I, think term, I, sorry, I, I, heard. I think I dialed the wrong number. I'm sorry. It's a term I heard from, uh, I think, The Simpsons or something. Right. And it was like up and Adam. Up and Adam. It was um, some kind of superhero thing they're trying to do, but I hear you. I hear you, man. Didn't work out too well. <laughs> All right, well, man, we're we're both awake, and uh, we have another. We starting to get guests on the show. Um, we have another very special guest. Um, very special. Very special from our hometown. This time of Winnipeg. Winnipeg, Manitoba, friendly Manitoba, um, good friend of of uh, of John's, of Quamatron. So, yes, sir. Um, maybe we just have him. Um, Quamatron, you want to give him a little intro, and then he can introduce himself. Yeah, I, David is a, a a very wonderful guy that I've known for a number of years, and you know, I'm trying to think of him. I'm trying to think of some Hollywood star that reminds me of him, and I just can't remember. <laughs> Um, but sadly, it's a bad guy. Uh, David's not a bad guy, by the way, but he's got this chin like this bad guy in one of those movies. I just can't remember this guy's name. Um, but David has, uh, has a wonderful, wonderful family, two wonderful kids. Um, and, you know, his, his one, one kid is Saul. And we have a picture together. And it's just, you know, us being silly. And I, I still have it to this day. So hmm. I, if Saul's listening, I just cherish that uh, picture, Saul. But David, please introduce yourself. Tell us more about your about who you are, because I don't think I did you did you justice there. Yeah, great. Thanks a lot, Kwame. And guys, I gotta say, I really dig your vibe first thing in the morning. I I wish I was I wish I was <laughs> as chill as you guys. <laughs> oh man, I still gotta work on that. But um, no, I'm 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 really flattered to be on your show. Uh, uh, thrilled to be here. Uh, just by way of introduction, I guess you could say I'm all in family man. Uh, been uh, with my wife Vanessa for 15 years and uh, yeah Ooh. happily married um, she uh, she is of uh, Mexican heritage and uh, we've got uh, our two wonderful kids uh, that uh, Kwame was telling you about there uh, yeah I'm a federal government employee uh, I, uh, I'm actually up in Churchill right now uh, on a small deployment uh, with my job and uh, I guess another interesting fact as it maybe relates to some of your topics on your show is that uh, my Mexican mother-in-law has lived with us for about five years. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got a, an amazing circle of friends uh, from all walks of mm-hmm. life. Kwame is definitely one of them. Uh, he was the master of ceremonies at our wedding um, years ago <laughs> and did an awesome job and was Really, really a very special part of one of the most important days of my life. And just, you know, I, I just want to say congratulations, man. I think this show is awesome. And, uh, you know, uh, I applaud you for showing such leadership uh, in this area, you know, trying to open people's minds. Thank you, sir. Um, just a, a quick note. the I was the MC for David's wedding. What year was that, by the way? Uh, I hope I get this right, but I think it was 2000. <laughs> 
<laughs> wait, wait. Let's do the math. 15 years married. Well, you know, I said I was with her for 15 years. So, I mean, we, we, we got married in uh, 2007. So, uh, but we've been together for a while before that. So, It was the summer of 2007. Yeah. And I got a new suit for that wedding. And uh, it doesn't fit anymore. Um, but, yeah, I had this new suit from... Uh, um, Harry Rosen, and I was very, very proud of it. But I wait, had an wait. amazing time that night. Yeah, the suit doesn't fit anymore and because it's it was big, and since then you've you've been you've trimmed, you've been working out, you're cut. Um, the six pack, you didn't have a six a, pack then, and now it, it's just got way too it, much. I think I think it shrank. I lost the, the, the suit pack. shrank in the closet. <laughs> I lost I, I lost a six pack and I got a one pack. Oh, I was trying and, to uh, I, COVID. I was trying to help you out, man. Trying to help you. No, no, let me just be honest. Um, but the thing is, that wedding was such a great time. So I was the MC and I was so nervous. I hadn't done that before. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, you know, I remember I actually took a shot to calm me down. I don't drink anymore, but I took a shot and it, it, it did work. But when I got up there, it, it was just complete fun all night long. Nice. And I don't remember. I remember else. something. Nice. You, you had a nice. few one liners. That just really charmed the crowd, right? Because I mean, you're you were one of the only, you know, um, you know, African background men in the in the room, like of two hundred two hundred twenty right, people, right? right? That's right. how many people we had at went. There was Erica, wow. Vanessa's sister, right? Um, but you know, aside from that, not not a whole lot of uh, other. I mean, we had also we had East Indian, we had uh, a, a fair number of Arab gentlemen, and uh, anyway, yeah. uh, you had this one line that just. And of course, we had tons of Mexican folks and El Salvadorians. But you said this one one line. Right. I think it's fairly early where you're like, you know, uh, talking. To, you're kind of acknowledging a little bit the the dynamic of what was going on here. And uh, you said something about mm-hmm. white people. And I love white people. Uh, without them, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> 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 uh, and I think. Yeah, oh, I mean, man. that was 2007 humor. I don't know if you could get away with that now. I mean, people might, you know, 2021, <laughs> uh, people are a little more uptight about these things. But, oh, boy. <laughs> but oh, you can tell everybody man. just chilled I, I, out after that. You know, everyone was just feeling it. How many shots in? <laughs> you remember um, the first one? That was one. That was one. <laughs> you remember having one shot, but I think. Uh... Yeah, but I, I think my other big memory was uh, David's groomsmen. Um. You know, it's been a very, I don't know, sometime in my teens, I just became very, um, um, like I had a real love for like stimulating conversation and his groomsmen, you know, although we didn't spend a lot of time together, I got some of that from these guys. Right. And one guy in particular, Natter, um, who is a future guest on our show, who will be a future guest on our show. You know, we're still in touch, and you know, he's a guy I can go to for real stimulating, like powerful conversation. So, um, I remember the groomsmen, you know, amazing. How many guys were there? No, so, well, I had guys? seven guys uh, in, the, in the wedding party, yeah, seven. Whew. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Amazing. Just one last thing about the wedding is <clears throat> we all went for my stag the day before, right? <laughs> and I think you, you were part of that, Kwame. Right. And you know your your listeners are going to be shocked because my stag wasn't kind of the uh, what you're expecting here. We all we did was we I think we met somewhere at the Forks, 
Uh, I think we might have grabbed a drink or, you know, something, something at the restaurant there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we just went for a walk along the river. That was my stag. It was just a bun- bunch of guys hanging out and chatting and just spending time together. That was it. It was awesome. Right, right, right. Now, right. We'll, just, we'll, just, Sean, we'll just say that. We'll just Sean, say that. the truth is, the truth <laughs> is, they said, hey, Kwame, I think it's time that we all, we all go home. And then when no, I went no, home, no. that's when we were part of the <laughs> yeah. band. So, like, all right, woo! Um, like that David. Just that, letting you know, everybody. It was like that. That um, was not. That was like. Was it like that was the pre-party? Was it like the uh, the um, you know, the old Eddie Murphy skit in Saturday Night Live? Um, oh, way way back Saturday Night Live, I remember seeing this this skit. It's probably on YouTube, but check it out. Eddie Murphy um had dressed up, and again, another thing maybe might oh, might yeah. get away with, with he dressed up as a white person. <laughs> And um, just oh just my, going through the day, hilarious. it was like he would be like he we he went through the day as like a black person, and then next next day he he got all this makeup, went through as a white person. Of course, it was all sort of stage thing; it wasn't a real thing. But he he all went stage, he yeah. went up and he he went he went to pay for a newspaper, and he's like, "Oh man, shoot, I'm short on." It. They're like, "You know what? Just take it. Don't pay for it." He's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, you don't have to pay for it, man. Go ahead." And he goes on the bus. He was on the bus, and it would be like he's on the on the bus or riding the train. And there's you know a couple black people on, one black person on, and the black person gets off the stop. As soon as they get off, boom, party starts. The entire the party. Yeah. On the bus, everybody's <laughs> dancing, drinks come out. <laughs> you know? well, but can um, we use yeah. this as a... oh. talk about the bank? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, could we use this as a jumping off point for our, you know, some of our meteor conversation? Cause you're making me think back to yeah, another, another show. Uh, and I don't know if it was Phil Donahue or it could have been Oprah. This is going back a ways, but they did the same experiment. They had a bunch of hidden cameras and they had a guy, they had a guy, oh uh, he was a black man and he, he went out dressed as a, a white person, all the makeup and everything. Uh, and he was out on a street corner. And, um, and so he, I think he was asking people for the time or if, you know, uh, if he could borrow like an extra 25 cents for the bus or, you know, it was just some, some very simple, uh, favor of some kind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he, first they show him when he's, you know, in costume dressed as a white person. Right. And I'm, I'm going to imitate a little bit of his mannerisms. So you kind of get the point, but he was like, mm-hmm. It's like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, uh, could I borrow a quarter, please? Right? And he's like, oh, of course, here you are. Yeah. You know, uh, or excuse me, miss, uh, could you please tell me uh, what time it is? The lady was like nice to him, right? So then they have him dressed yeah, as a right. black man. And so, you know, now yeah. he's no longer in a suit and tie. He's got yeah. like a big lumber yeah. jacket on, um, you know, bag your clothes, baseball cap. And, and he's. <clears throat> He's now doing the same thing, but he's going to people going, hey, yo, can I have a quarter? You know, hey, hey, what time is it? And people are not being nice to him. I'm like, hmm, this is not very scientific. You can tell by John's oh, already, right? I to, you, know what, you, know what the, you know what the outcome of the experiment would be. Yeah. I'm like, if I dress, I'm a very white looking guy. And if I dressed in baggy clothes, had the baseball cap, and I was, nobody would be talking to me either. You know what I mean? No one. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. 
Anyway. But but to add to uh, what Sean was saying with Eddie Murphy's skit, the last part is when Eddie goes to the bank as a white guy Mm. for a loan. (laughs) This is the criminal. I mean, obviously, it's all staged, everybody. But if you ever get a chance, look it up. I don't know the name of it, but Eddie goes there and he says, like, he wants $10,000. And a banker does not, there's no application <laughs> date. No, no phone number, no name, no SSN number, right? They're in the US. And he's like, um, so where do I sign? And he's like, just take it. <laughs> he's like, you want more? You want more? He's like, um, sure. And the guy gives him more, does yeah. not sign anything, <laughs> leaves the branch, and that's the end. And you know, the sad part is uh, in African-American culture, yeah. you know, that's the view, right? Is that they get special treatment. Right. But when he went in as a black man, it was like, sign here, <laughs> DNA test, semen test, <laughs> like saliva test. Yeah. Sad. And he didn't get well, the loan. Right. right. And sadly, this, I mean, that could be another topic. But sadly, there's, there's some truth to that. Obviously, not to that extent, but there, in there's been situations that we've all heard about. I mean, there was that one thing with, um, just recently in Canada, I don't know if you sent it to me, John, or someone else I heard where this woman went to a TD bank. It might've been, I think they have TD bank in the States too. It may have been in the States, may have been in Canada, Yes, yes, they do, yes. but this black woman went to a TD bank and um, to get out to withdraw some money. Right. She went to withdraw money from her own account and the teller came back and like checked her everything, checked everything out. I mean, the, the regular ID thing, client card, um, withdraw just $1,000 from her account. And the, the teller came back and said, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's no it's you, but I don't feel comfortable giving you this money. What? I don't feel comfortable. And the woman was like, really? It's, it's, this is my yeah. own account. <laughs> and you've identified me. But the teller, for whatever reason, didn't feel comfortable giving the woman that's horrible. Her own money, which is crazy, crazy. Um, Lawsuit, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the states, Lawsuit. right? So, well, let's get on our, our topic. Kind of, we kind of, kind of got a little bit onto it already, but we were talking about. I mean, it's great that you guys have that connection. I mean, I, I haven't uh, met David myself in person, but I think we did day. meet, but we just don't remember it. We were probably at one of oh, Kwame's parties, right? Probably, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right, right, Absolutely. yeah. We're getting one of the famous Quamtron <laughs> parties, probably with the one with the the carved out watermelon with Quamtron carved out in a watermelon. Actually, you mean the one with the ice sculpture? Oh, excuse of my me. muscles. Ex- you forgot that excuse one. Excuse me, I, I excuse me. Uh, uh, how could you forget? But um, I spent fifteen dollars on that. <laughs> but the topic we were saying is is uh, we called it. Well, David, you kind of came up with this gateway friends. So maybe you want to get a little bit on what's it? What what do you call? I mean, it's not something that we just we call each other as friends, but it's sort of this term gateway. What's a what do you mean by like a gateway? Yeah, you friends? know. Yeah, you thanks. About? I uh, it's something that I just came up on, on the cuff. It's not something that you know. Maybe, maybe there's some literature about it. I did some googling and I didn't find anything. It's just a term that I. David. David, be honest. You have a book. You have three books on this. Come on. In the 70s, you have three books on it. Back when I learned how to write for the first time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
It's not friends that no, get you into drugs. No, no. Yeah, the idea is that, you know, <laughs> in this in this kind of current climate we're always talking or there's a lot of talk about kind of institutional changes and kind of the big the big policies that we can make and impose or implement in society where you know it, it's making people open their minds and, and be more you know racially uh, sensitive uh, you know advance more uh, equity in the workplace all these things right but when you come right down to what changes people's attitudes it's not always the policy or the the laws or you know things that are imposed through institutions some most of the time, it's something that happens at a, at a very personal level, and it's very individual. And I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, when I was a young man, and, you know, did I have all of the perspectives that I have now about people of diverse races, races right? And I know I didn't. Right. I, there were times where, I, you know, when I was younger, where I was much more closed-minded. Yeah. Uh, mm. Especially, like, when you're in your early teens, let's say, and, and, you know, all of your friends are for the most part white. Right. Um, mm. But I, I think uh, it's kind of a one-on-one -on -one opportunity as you go through life and you meet, meet more diverse friends along the way. Uh, these are the people that kind mm. of come into your life and you get to learn about them. You learn about their culture and about their perspectives and about their values and, it kind of unlocks an awareness in your mind and it kind of opens your heart a little bit so that you can, right. you can see other, you meet other people from that same ethnic background and you're like, okay, I get you now. I, and I'm not saying you fully understand, but it just, you're, you don't have the same level of, you know, I'm not going to say fear. I'm trying not to say fear, but that's, that's a reality for a lot of white people is that they, they're, they're just not comfortable and they're, mm -hmm. they're not uh, familiar with with a culture and so they don't know what to do with it right whereas once you've been introduced into that world a little bit more by someone let's call it a gateway friend now it makes sense now you can vibe with those people and 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 your experience changes for the rest of your life yeah yeah i would say Kwame's one of my gateway friends to you know african but uh, ghanaian culture right and i've uh you know the fact right. that you're from the ashanti tribe is something that you know the fact that there are tribes in Ghana, right, uh, would be one example. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Right, right. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, going to a party of yours, that's you, you opening your heart, opening your, your home to me um, and, and bringing me right. into, you know, a part of your world, which is great. Right. And, and I've got to return the favor. I feel like that's, that's important. You, you should come to my party, uh, check out my world, experience what I have to offer. Right. So. That's it. Yeah. Great. That's it. Great. You know, one thing I got to say about Kwame, um, John, to sorry to put kind of put you on the spot, but that is one thing that I, I noticed about Kwame through the years. And I mean, for for better or for worse, um, you know, this man is someone that always tries to bring people together. Now, it doesn't not all the time. It doesn't always work um, or you know, sometimes it can be a little for some some people if it's you know he has many different groups of friends you know all types of races backgrounds whatever um and but you know what some he will you know no matter where it is um kind of go out of his way to kind of at least bring them in somehow to you know bring those different circles in together 
because um, I know, I mean, I've known John for, we say this on probably almost every show, but I've known John for like, man, probably like decades now. I think, I think we're close to 30 years, Sean. Jeez, so we've been knowing each other since we were babies. Wow, man. Um, <laughs> okay. Since before we were born, <laughs> since we're, you know, since we're like 25, right? I think I think it was like '93. I'm gonna guess '93 or '92. Yeah. Um, we met at uh, Falkirk Prison, right? And um, he was my inmate. Right. He's like, and I said, "Hey, I want I want all your chocolate brownies." He's like, "Okay, sure." Yeah, it was like okay. they were like closed cell three, and I was like, "Man, I don't want to bunk with this guy." And then you know, we we actually hit it off after. It was actually not bad. Yeah, and then we started, you know, investments in stock trading. Um. But yeah, you, but you know, I, you bring people yeah, together, John. I, is, is my main point, um, and and that's yeah, I admire that. I admire that. that and I and I, I I love that. And you know, I was telling David last night. I was talking to David, and I was saying that I I literally just want a balanced um, um, ethnic amount of friends. Like I really want to know the European like world, mm-hmm. right? Not just because we work together. Mm-hmm. You know, but I want to have like 10 European friends and 10 Caribbean friends and 10 Asian friends. And and like, we're not just like, you know, texting buddies, but we're like physically hanging out. Right. You know, I'm eating their food. They're eating my food. And they're like, oh, wow. So in Ghana, they have this thing called jollof. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Everything just changed. And jollof, by the way, is um, it's like a, a special seasoned rice right and it's it's literally you'll bite your tongue and your cheeks <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's amazing you're not selling it that one uh, bite my bite my tongue and i and i still have to um make <laughs> for sean yeah man. i'm gonna start bugging you for, for that too for that. i've had to, i told <laughs> yeah man i told oh, my i used goodness. i told john i used to smell it at his place man coming in i'm like john what's that you're cooking there man he's like oh, it's a peanut soup i'll see a big pot Large part of it, I'm like, man, that smells good. I'm trying to drop hints. I'm like, yeah, man. I don't know if, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to drop hints. I'm like, yeah, man. You know what? Damn, I wish I didn't even have lunch yet, man. No. And John's like, yeah. Mm. I haven't eaten mm-hmm. all year. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's an interesting topic, David. Is that the the, the idea of gateway friends? Because, um, I I, I go to the gym. Um, I go to, you know, go to work, I go to other places and I just try and connect with people. And this is, I'm not sure where it came from, but this is just who I am. Now, in terms of going somewhere and seeing someone of Chinese descent or Japanese or Russian, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to like come in to connect with you, yeah, male or female. Uh, and the sad truth is, when it's female, I'm very apprehensive. Because whether I'm romantically interested or I'm just, you know, um, just want to be a friend, she will usually think this guy's trying to hit on me. Right. So the ladies, I try and stay away That's from. That's a good idea. With a it's a touchy like one. You should right? be staying away from those ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know. That, that, um, that gives, that's almost, a, again, I say we say this on every call, but that could be a another topic as as far as like there's that age-old question can men and women oh, geez. yeah that's a topic be just friends yeah well, if you're married the answer steve is harvey no i like steve no. harvey steve harvey says no <laughs> um 
I disagree. I, I think you can be friends with some women. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think of myself personally, and I have some female friends right. that I'm like, there was never any mm-hmm. physical attraction. Like, just yeah. like that's my sister or my cousin. But you're not gonna, you're not gonna right? get the um, green light from your wife like, to go hang none, around with that woman on a regular basis. <laughs> that's what that's what I I'm saying, know. right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> unless, unless, unless. Yeah. Your mm. wife is also friends. She she would probably want to be there with you guys. Friends, she wouldn't right? want you guys going out right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's fine. That's fine. Um but what I'm what I'm trying to say is, you know, I I just love connecting <clears throat> and learning from other people. And I have I have one friend actually, uh a Chinese gentleman in Winnipeg. Mm. And when we first met, we met at work. I'll 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 leave him well, I'll say his name. His name is David. Mm. And when I met David, uh, he's probably like maybe six years younger. Yeah. But we kind of had, had this like big brother, little brother relationship. And he just kind of, just, he was just an amazing guy. And I remember I, I work for Christmas. He gave me a basketball right. as a gift. And I was like, no one gives gifts. Like, at, mm-hmm. like friends wise, yeah. no one gives gifts anymore. Especially with guys. Right? Now it's like a phone call. Especially guys. Especially guys. Yeah. We just like, not even a card. It's like, happy birthday, man. Pat on the back. Yeah. And then Dave would say, hey, Kwame, like, you know, come by and visit me and my family. And we just got close. Mm. Now, what really shocked me is when I came to visit Winnipeg mm. and Dave would say, you're more than welcome to come and stay at my house. Mm. And that's and he's married now with kids. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Right. And I cherish this this man because. This is literally the kind of friendships I want. All you just want to be able to couch surf to any part of the planet. (laughs) (laughs) That too. (laughs) Just popping up in cities and being like, yo, I'm here. Can I touch on something though? I'm here. Kwame, when you you were kind of listing different people from uh, different ethnicities, uh, cultures from around the world, you know, you said like Chinese and Russia and Russian and you know, um, I, there was another one. Let's say Brazilian, right? Every time you you mention one of those, right. what's the natural thing that any of us here in Canada do? Like we've got this amazing privilege of meeting people from around the world all the time. You know, I can't help but think mm-hmm. back to mm-hmm. kind of a cluster of interactions that I've had with people from that ethnicity. And, you know, that's my reference point, right? I'm like, okay, how did I feel when I interacted with those mm-hmm. different people, right? And if right, generally right. I have felt great, right, right. I can't wait to meet the next person of let's yeah, exactly. But if it hasn't the been good, person, I'm like, right. okay, I'm going to have to navigate this one a little more carefully. Right. I mean, I'm <laughs> natural, right? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. true. That's, that's true. I think it's, yeah. Well, you don't want to be, um, I mean, again, that's where it can, unfortunately. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a natural human thing, right? I mean, it, we can call it, we can call it what it is. I mean, it is, it can be somewhat prejudiced, but I mean, just as a natural human reaction to things, right? If it's sort of almost a, a defense mechanism, right? If you've like any any animals, including including human, right? If you if if a dog goes if a dog goes to to one person and that person like kicks them, next time they see that person, yeah, they're exactly. not going to want to go close there, right? Right. So, I mean, it depends on depending on your experience. So you may be sort of prejudging people but i mean we all unfortunately 
do it to kind of protect ourselves a little bit where we're going to be apprehensive next time even though it may not be the same person but if you're sort of just getting introduced to a culture or something like that you may be apprehensive because you're like well last time i don't know i, I like i went to kind of one of these of uh, these whatever i was mm-hmm. with this, a similar group of people last time and this wasn't a, it wasn't a good look or it just didn't it wasn't a good experience so now i know this is different people but it's a similar group and i'm a little bit you know apprehensive so yeah it, i get what you're saying there David. yeah i mean yeah. go ahead Connie. i got a david sorry one <laughs> okay. second. i got a question for you. um yeah, i'm i'm going to take a big chance with you guys here voice this openly a whole lot but i, I always you know, I, I reference this kind of experience and perspective in interacting with a whole range of different cultures. And then I apply it to when the, the question of is someone racist or not, as if it's a black and white term, right? Either you are racist or mm. you are not racist, right? It's like a switch. And mm. it's either in the on position or off yeah. position. And I'm like, that's never been my experience, right? Like, if I, I actually look at each individual culture and I'm like, okay, what has my experience been with this culture? Well, amazing, right? Like, you know, when it comes to, let's say, uh, East Indian people and their spirit, uh, you know, of, of friendliness or acceptance or just being chill and friendly, they score high, higher than white people, right? Um, and I've had, you know, many, many super positive interactions and friendships with East Indian people. So that's that's a one one group that I'm high. But then maybe... Let's take another group where I'm like, mm, my interactions with them, even though I've tried to be good and, and have a, a good vibe with them, I've never been able to make a good connection or feel like that mutual generosity, uh, that sharing of, of ideas and perspectives and more, right? Like food or whatever. So that group is scoring lower for me, right? I want to score them high, but it's just not there, right? So I'm like, every, it's all a big gra- right. you know, a gradient or a scale of gray right or shades of gray um and so yeah to me either racist or not racist i never thought of it that way what like that doesn't make any sense to me right yeah that's a that's an interesting perspective there too david i mean yeah i could because i can see where you're coming from too yeah it may not be necessarily a i mean yeah unfortunately and i guess i mean with, with you that's maybe different i guess there are so there probably it's still an individual thing right i guess there can be people that are just blatantly like they've decided you with the, with the difference so you know if you're being you're the kind of person that's open open to everything and you you know you kind of make that effort and and try to be open and it just doesn't happen with a certain group, certain group of people right um but then there's also i guess maybe the the smaller group of hopefully smaller group of people that are like just blatantly yeah. nope i'm not even gonna try i've seen i've seen that i've seen how it is in the movies with these this group of people right i know that they're the, <laughs> they're the technical villain right wherever it is like i mean oh, the, no. the, the, the kind of stereotypical and unfortunately some some um people some people grow up that with that it's sort of instilled by their yeah oh their yeah parents even right the parents mm-hmm. the grandparents and it's sort of from generations it's like they're they're almost literally told um you know what um if you their, their daughters you know if you're dating just make sure you don't don't bring home a black guy i don't want to see you with yeah, black guys yeah, any yeah. i don't care what you do just yeah. don't be bringing home a black guy right and it's and it's something we we all know mm. um there are some cultures where 
we've been told, like by the females, I can bring home uh, a white guy for sure. I can bring home a guy from my country for sure. But yeah, it's totally true. Guy? It's totally no. true. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. No, 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 no. no. And then right. you know, I've seen it where that has been the whole rule: you, thou shalt not date a black man, right? But then, ouch, but then the woman ouch. brings home a black ouch. guy, and then you meet him, and you're like. Man, this is like one of the greatest guys I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've I've been in that I, situation and I'm sure that John has too. It's like you kinda yeah. almost have to well not even have to had to do anything. If I think back, you didn't really have to really do much, but it's kinda like I, I don't know if it was like the 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 daughter said anything to the parents or if it was just like, huh, you know what? It was just a sort of like a light bulb went off. It was like Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> you're, um, you're setting the bar pretty low oh there. My goodness, <laughs> or, or he's actually, you know, or you know, or it's just like, well, you know what? I, that I'm, I'm actually like, I, I mentioned something, and I said I was mentioning something about um, cooking, and he said he likes to cook too, and we actually like, we both said we we like we're right. we're big on like. Um, whatever it is, like barbecue stuff, and he he said this recipe, and I said this, and I'm like, wow, they were probably they were like, wow, that was actually a great conversation. This guy has we have a lot in common, and yeah, I, really I mean, nice I would guy. go further than that, right? Like, right. I would say when I'm judging the character of an individual, I'm thinking, okay, when they've been in a stressful situation or a situation where they could have fled and just disappeared and not helped out, instead they they chose to double down and focus on what can I do to make a difference to help you or what can here's here's the decision that I made in this difficult situation that was to the benefit of everybody and and, and when I see someone right. do that regardless of skin color I'm like okay I can trust you you're you're a quality individual your values are totally on point you're in my good books you're right. you're someone I want to surround myself right. with guys like you right um, yeah right. and and you know if 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 uh, little Sally brings home a black dude and and he's he's demonstrated this consistently over a period of time, it's not like he has to prove himself to me. I'm just saying that's where mm-hmm. you've gone more from just being a nice person to you are someone that the world needs in you know to make this a whole better place. Yeah. We are going to hang right. out. We're going to spend time together. Your right. my house is your house. You know. Right. And and the the conclusion from that experience to the family is, oh, my goodness, all these years of what we've been told by the through the media, um, other family members is false. Yeah. You know, and and Mr. You know, Mr. Michael, whoever the guy is like, we're so sorry for prejudging you, prejudging you. Yeah. Right. You did not meet our expectations. Right. Um, but, you know, I want us to move on to our next topic here, Sean. Um, but before we do that, I, I have two questions for David. Mm. And, I, and I hope you can somehow condense these. Um, but I'm just wondering about, you know, gateway friends through dating. Right. I think that's what we just talked about here. Uh, but what was your experience like when you, you know, when you met your wife and your like this Mexican world, like, what was that like in terms of, you know, gateway, you know, um, yeah. interactions with another culture like that from your culture? And, and secondly, 
how can how can oh, we man. or others can be a doozies? I think the well? first one's not that hard for me because I had already had the quote unquote gateway experience with other people before I'd met my wife, right? Like when I lived in Ottawa, um, I was going to Carleton University right. out there and I met a number of uh, Spanish people. It was the Latin crowd, we would call them. And they were from, you know, whether it's Spain or all throughout South America um, and, and Mexico. <clears throat> and I mean, geez, you want to have a good time with people. <laughs> and there's a lot of Spanish people around, man, you, a good time will be had no matter what. And so I was already hanging around with this crowd and uh, no just having what. great times with these, these folks. Uh, yeah. And so when I came to Winnipeg, well, I guess the other part of the story is I decided, <laughs> I decided I wanted to meet a woman and I, I figured the, one of the best ways to do that, like I'm talking about a woman to, to marry, right? Best way to meet women is to learn how to, you know, mm-hmm. do salsa dancing, right? Like, I mean, I, I tried a whole bunch of other styles of dance, okay. but yeah. salsa yeah. dancing is what's going to win the day if you're trying to meet a woman, right? And, uh, and so... You know, I went to a salsa dance party. My sister was actually into salsa dancing too. She was performing that evening at the, at like, it was like a, a social event. And there were people, you know, from all diverse backgrounds. And uh, that's where I met my wife uh, through salsa dancing. So <laughs> uh, I was already indoctrinated into elements of the wow. Spanish culture, let's say. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. I have tried salsa and it, I, I'm really, really bad. Like, really, really bad. So, yeah. <laughs> good on you, David. Good on you, man, that you, you were able to do it. Yeah, I think I took like a, well, this is maybe like either on vacation in Mexico. Oh. That's probably my extent of like, you know, a, a half hour salsa thing. But I did, I did try some other, like, there's like, just to kind of uh, maybe even shout out the Winnipeg. Um, you know, kind of dance community. Um, there's a lot of different things. Like there's like, uh, I know there's, I can't think of the, the places right now, but there is, there used to be Kazamba. Mm-hmm. I, we actually did a couple of Kazamba events. Um, Kazamba is a style of, of dance. Oh yeah, yeah. And bachata and all those kind of things. So, you know, those sort of things that's, yeah, you're right. I think though, David, I mean, those are for, for guys, any guys listening, <laughs> when, when I went to those, when we went, went to those, went to those classes, um, when we went to those classes, and I actually went with my partner. Um, but when we went to, like, one of those classes, like, it's it's mostly, yeah. it's going to be usually mostly women. And the, the the big thing that I remember was women saying, like, women saying, even the even the instructor saying, like, yeah, yeah. You know, Tell some of your guy friends to come down. Like, there's like a lot of lot of women are interested in, interested in dance, and yeah, guys, and it's a great way to sort of it's it's learn, one thing to talk to a woman. It's another so. thing to dance with her. It's a completely different mm-hmm. form of interaction, and hmm. you can actually learn a lot about a woman without talking to her if you're dancing with her. Oh yeah, absolutely. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, and blowing it's, uh, my mind. Sunday morning, blow your mind. So you imp- you impressed your wife? Uh, your, my your, current your wife, wife, yes. Your, your skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you might have, you might have Sean, impressed. Sean, you're gonna get the man in trouble. You gotta, you gotta phrase that question well, right, let's, man. Don't, yeah, don't let's don't just do move that. that over and say, 
you you might have impressed me exactly she was sufficiently impressed. impressed just just i was adequate was. so yeah it was yeah. good <laughs> right <laughs> i think i think yeah uh, you know david i have another question for you about how to become a gateway friends but i think anytime you show interest in another person's culture or even something that they like they automatically just mm-hmm. you know they there's a magnetism Mm-hmm. You know, when you know, right now, if if someone was speaking David's language, let's say David spoke um, uh, Japanese, and he met a girl who could speak Japanese, but she's not from Japan. Yeah, like automatically, you're like, oh my goodness, uh, yeah, yeah, like you're like you're automatically interesting. So the fact that David went out of his way to like learn this, right? She's mm-hmm. like, hey, value added. Who's that guy over there? <laughs> you know, who's that peacock? Peacock, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Right, big time, <laughs> big time. Um, but David, I wanted to know, you know, from you, how can others become gateway friends? What, 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 what could we do oh, differently to become yeah. you know, a friend to I, you someone? Know what? And bring I'm them not to sure I'm going to impress anybody with this, but I, I guess I, I think about what is what is kind of one of the low, the main overarching elements uh, that is driving a lot of behavior for a lot of, let's just say white people, right? Um, they, they have this quest that they're on, right? Mm. They're moving towards goals. They've got, you know, objectives, things, boxes that they want to check in their life, right? And a big one for a lot of white people is, mm. is around property and, you know, um, building that, that the wealth or the nest egg or whatever it is, right? I mean, this, is, this applies to everybody, but I'm just thinking about it you know, mainly from my own perspective and people that I know uh, that have been around for a lot of my life. And so in that context where you're constantly mm-hmm. thinking about, okay, okay, my house and the things that I own and how am I going to take care of these things and how am I going to acquire more and da-da-da-da-da, how am I managing my money? You're, you're already putting up a lot of fences, literally and figuratively, around your life, Right. And so mm-hmm. let's say you've got someone from yeah. another culture who comes into the office one day and they're like, you know, I made chapatis and I'm sharing them with everybody. There's some white people who are like, ah, okay, hang on a sec. Mm-hmm. I know you're trying, I know you're being trying to be generous with me, but if you do that, then <laughs> you're going to expect me to do something back to you. Right. And I haven't budgeted for that. I didn't plan that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be resistant because it's not in the budget, you know? And, like you got to you got to take your budget and shove it up your ass sometimes. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> well, we got to quote that. Because, you know, you get so caught up in your own little world and your own goals and stuff <laughs> and someone's showing generosity to you. Stop, stop get get out of your your kind of mental space that has you so constricted in so many ways. Enjoy enjoy the generosity. Take it in. And then and then, like, that's a moment where you need right, to go, right. time for a reset here. It's time for you to go, what can I do to share mm-hmm. back with this person, right? Especially if you do want to pursue or have a better working relationship or just living relationship with them. Like, up here in Churchill, where I am, there's, there are some very generous mm-hmm. people. And they will do things. They will go hunting. They will gather meat. And they will share that with people, Right. And people have done that to me. It's a very generous gesture, right? right? Like, you know, a, a big roast of caribou meat, for mm-hmm. example. Um, I mean, that's an amazing opportunity. Right. And I'm like, I realized 
when, when someone that did that to me, they, it was a Dene family, uh, like First Nations Indigenous people here. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not even equipped like, to do anything in terms of like a gesture back. As I, I mean, I don't hunt. My beadworking skills are not on point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't have any hides that I've yeah. tanned that I can give them. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be um, you know, stereotypical. I'm just saying I don't, I'm not set up for this, right? Right, but right. that's okay. What I did was I, I just, I thought, right. well, what can I do that's a piece of me that takes some time for me to make with my hands that I can give to them? So I just baked them cookies, right? And it's, it seems a little trivial and lame compared to a, a caribou roast, but it's, it's a part of me. I've, I've invested my time to source the ingredients, time to, to make it, and then to gift it back to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, right. to me, that's the part of the essence of, of sharing uh, culture, sharing just reciprocity uh i think we need to we need to budget for that you need to put that into your budget as right. a human being right right no that's that's great man that's that's it a is. great um again great perspective david i think um yeah i mean that i if one thing that i'll I, I think i'll even not really add to that but i think a thought that sort of came into my head too is just um you know again, being as open as, as someone like yourself, David, is, uh, you know, people in different cultures, I mean, even just um, aside from the being the gateway friend and being open to people of different cultures, people of different cultures, just everybody being open to everybody. But I'm saying, like, let's say for the, for existence, uh, for, for example, um, yeah, you mentioned like indigenous uh, people, right? I mean, even if, if you are not up in Churchill doing all that stuff. And if you have that sort of background to just be open to um, expressing that, right? Like just letting people know about it. Um, because again, to sort of sort of break the, the stereotypes, right? Where people might see um, either, you know, Asian people like this or black people like mm-hmm. this, or indigenous people like this from what they've seen or heard. But this, just knowing that there's a whole exciting part of culture and like expressing all the positive things, right? Because I, I even see and hear mm. people yeah. putting down their own culture, right? Um, which, which is, I mean, that doesn't help when you want to tell people, I mean, yeah, we make the odd jokes here and there, but I mean, but I mean, also just be proud of your, be proud of your background. And if you, if you meet somebody to let them know about it, whether it's again, things like, again, like the. Like, like, yeah, let them try some, like, caribou meat or whatever it is, right? I mean, like, in, and in John's case, right? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe make that peanut soup for you, for your good friend. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's coming, John. You, you know, they, freeze it. Freeze it. Send it from Toronto, you know? Um, <laughs> no, I've, I've tried it. I've tried it, but I haven't tried yours yet, Okay, um, John. But, yeah, that's, that's just <laughs> – that's a point that I want to I, I wanna sort of stress, too. Just being, I, I want to – Go ahead. Yeah, so I want to add one thing uh, to David's list and yours, um, and then I think is change your paradigm on how, on on or your definition of of, of people, hmm. um, and that is stop looking at that person and saying, "Oh, he's Taiwanese," or "He's um, he's Indian." Like, stop. Stop looking at people with these boxes, these labels, Hmm. and start looking at them as human beings. Right. And I'll go a step further. If an Aboriginal man 
um, a First Nations man or woman needs a kidney or needs a blood transfusion, this this blood transfusion or kidney or organ can come from any other homo sapien from anywhere in the world, Hmm. right? Which automatically tells me, wait a minute, Um, I thought he had to get a kidney from another First Nations person. No. Hmm. We're all human beings. The the only thing is, is we have different cultures, right? Mm -hmm. We have different foods. You know, a man from Norway eats different things than a man in Mozambique and so on. But that man, as long as he has, forgive me, I don't know all the blood types, but he has like O negative blood. And he's got old negative blood. Like, yeah. yeah, my wife and blood. I, uh, you can got give him blood. the Go same ahead. blood type. We're, we're O positive, right? And you look at her, uh, oh. you know, wow. Ancestry.com profile, and she's got she's got blood from like twenty different countries, really, right? And and I'm and none of them are European. I think there's actually wow. Spain would be mm-hmm. one, uh, but I'm all Eastern European, right? And uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my ethnicity is no big secret. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we can we can donate blood to each other. There were no mm-hmm. issues us us having kids together, right? Like, I mean, it's just it's magical. It's amazing, right? When you think of all the different mm-hmm. types of people there are, and they can all, you know, biologically, right down to the inner functionings of the bodies, <laughs> so much compatibility, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's important. Like, yeah, think of, I think also just also not to lose sight of not, not that saying that anyone on this call has lost sight of it at all, but um, that just sort of reminds me of that, the statement though, the not to, not to generalize too much though. I mean, yes, we are all human, but also one sort of pointer is that, and I'm sure Dave, you know this well, well enough already. um, But if it's giving advice for um, Caucasian people, is that statement where people yeah, use yeah. not to use the I don't see color? Because that sort of just blankets everybody the same, right? So treat everybody as humans, but also recognize recognize the uniqueness yeah. in how they grew up or what their cultures are. But at the, at the base level, recognize that, yes, we're all human. Um, but if someone, if you're you know, your, your friend has a different kind of food or something rather than sort of looking at it sideways or tell, saying that it's saying that they're doing it wrong. It's like, that's not how you make, like, that's a weird kind of pizza. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, maybe it's not pizza, right? Like just sort of being open to it, open to different cultures and music and not that it's like, yeah, no, oh, this is just weird. I mean, this the market like, doesn't lie, you right? You way, look right? at all the restaurants in Winnipeg or Toronto, man. Uh, there's a reason why there's so much diversity in different ethnic cuisines because fundamentally people love right. like just about every kind of food there is, right? Like, I always think about like one of my top mm-hmm. favorite foods. Well, that's impossible because there's so many good ones, right? <laughs> right? And, you know, Vietnamese or yeah. East Indian or Thai food or you name it, right? Caribbean food. It's all great. It's amazing that you can have this much diversity in different flavors, and it's all just fantastic and wonderful. And it's meant to amazing. be shared, right? It's meant to be shared. Amazing. Yeah. 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 
true. Yeah, I guess if people take that same, you know, yeah, people take that same view that they do as food because it's, yeah, it's interesting when you bring up that point. It's almost like people may not realize it, but yeah, if you're loving the, you know, you're loving, it, it's, it's somewhat of a disconnect when I see or, or hear that people, they will be like, well, they love this food. They love the music. Yeah. And then somehow yeah. it comes down to the people. They're like, eh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, you like, maybe you like, like hip hop and you like soul and you like jazz and you love Caribbean food. But yeah. that black person, you kind of like, pretty ironic with that guy. <laughs> it's like, wait, hmm. that's sort of like, <laughs> yeah. You like, yeah. you like the output, but not the, uh, the source. Right. Um, Guys, I, I just I want uh, sadly because our, our time is running out, I want us to touch quickly on uh, David's other thought here mm-hmm. um, regarding children. Right, um, David, just give us a quick intro to your mind on what you were thinking on uh, producing children. That you know, <laughs> what were you thinking? I guess. Well, no, just uh, <laughs> you know, producing children that they see people, you know, with love, you know, not with oh, that guy's white. Like, uh, yeah, more, I, I guess you with this a couple point? things. One is, you know, our, our household already has a lot of diversity. Uh, and we, we have people, uh, you know, adults and kids mm-hmm. of so many different cultures who spend time in our home and, you know, share in whether it's meals or gatherings or other just, you know, festivities, let's say. Um, I, I'm not concerned about my kids, you know, looking at any different culture or a person of, of different ethnicity and feeling the slightest bit of intimidation or concern about, you know, what, what's coming at me here? How do I make sense of this? Right. So, you know, I've, I've had, you know, it's, it's a bit of a privilege right. to have that opportunity to have a house, to have a very mixed circle of friends, a very mixed uh, even relationship with my wife. And her family, uh, so you know it's kind of built in. And I, I think if if you don't have that, and if you look at your circle of friends and the people that are coming into your house, and there's not a lot of diversity there, you got to ask yourself some questions, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should force it. It's got to feel right. It's got to feel natural. But uh, you you should be you should be thinking about where am I coming from? What am I doing? how is this going to impact my kids? Right? Like it, it, you've got to be thinking about how to, how to build more diversity into your life in some way so that your kids are open to it as well. Right. They're going to get it at school, which is great. That's almost an inevitable today. Um, but you know, on, right. on a more personal domestic front, let's say you've got to be thinking about these things. Hmm. Right. Right. I think, yeah, when, 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 um, I'm just thinking back to now, just, um, going to school as, as maybe it's, it's good in this, like you said, in this today, in the here and now, it's good. The kids are growing up. Um, especially, um, David, you, you'll know this from being in Winnipeg. I mean, years ago when we were, and John as well, but years ago we were young, I mean, elementary school, like, it was very common to be like, you could be like the only black kid in your, not, not just your class, but sometimes yeah. like there would be like three other black oh, yeah. kids in the whole school of like hundreds of kids. Right. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, now at least they get that kids maybe get that more firsthand. They can be like, oh, and there's in my class, there's someone from, um, you know, the Middle East, uh, someone from China, someone from here, someone from there. Right. They, they get sort of that all that culture all together. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's that's great. Like, yeah, I was just going to some finding. Yeah, some I'm going to integrate relay this one just, just a quick, example that quick, was a really powerful example in my life. Um, I met a gentleman. Uh, his name is Azuka. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful Nigerian dude. Uh, yeah. I think he's from the Igbo tribe in Nigeria. Uh, and when we first mm-hmm. met, mm-hmm. he, you know, we knew that this meeting was going to happen. He was coming over to my house. We were planning this this visit. It was a very important meeting. And he. My plan with someone coming into my house, hey, how you doing? Welcome. Come on in. Let's do something, right? But he was, he was, he had, he had budgeted a lot of energy for this moment. And he, he was prepared to stand and be very present in that greeting. Lots of smiles, lots of positive energy. We're going to shake hands. We're going to spend time simply looking at each other, smiling, shaking hands. And it was uncomfortable for me, right? Because I was like, Dude, let, let me take your jacket. Come on in. Yeah. But he was like, no. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he wasn't resistant. I, I, should, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But he, he had planned for more time and energy in this moment. And, and I realized in that experience right. is that I don't budget time and energy for that. Right? So you can't learn about another culture without learning about yourself. And that's mm. painful. Right? That, that, that's, that, that self-awareness that you gain comes with discomfort. Yeah. And, and I think that everybody has to be ready for a little bit of that because yeah. that's part of the learning process and, and growing as a person, right? Um, anyway, just, just thought I would share that experience because it, it was really profound for me to not only see how someone else approaches an introduction, but how I don't approach an introduction, you know? So... Right. Right. No, that's, that's, again, like, that's a great anecdote thing there. And I, and I think when it comes to uh, the kids as well, I mean, I know, um, again, this thing of experiences, just, just very brief. Um, but I know I've probably been some households and where you can, I don't know, I sort of just get that, that feeling right away. And, and John, you correct me if I'm wrong too, or if you've experienced this as well, where you've been to a household um, and then when you meet the, the kids in the household, it's like almost like when they look at you, you like you get that feeling <laughs> oh like, boy. have they ever seen a oh black boy. person? Because they're like they're like they're normally like you hear how they are and whatever. And it's like you don't want to take it personally. Maybe the kid's very young or whatever, but it's sort of like maybe I'm the first black person to visit this house because the kid is to kind of like stopped and it's almost like, yeah. Oh my gosh, like the look on the face. Oh, <laughs> the that's look on the face is like wow. Like, but what's... but at the same time, guys, like <laughs> I, I can imagine how uncomfortable know? that would be and geez, it's not like you want to go into every house time after time to, to face that. But you guys are still ambassadors, right? Yeah. And that the, your presence there and for them to slowly right. come to see, okay, there's a person here and <laughs> You know, there's something far beyond the skin color that we can embrace and and get to love, right? That's part of that's part of your job too, right? Like it's not easy for right. for people who are clearly visible minorities 
right. to to pave this ground, but you're paving it for your kids too, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's you can't walk into a new place where right. the people don't look right. like you and expect it to be easy, right? So I, I applaud you guys. Thank goodness for the people who have the courage, right. generation after generation, to to pave this way for us to be more integrated, right? Hmm. Right. Yeah. I think of um, like again, for right. both of our yeah. with our, our parents yeah, coming to Canada. Seventies. I mean, can you imagine so what it was right. like for them? Amazing. Like when we, it's, um. <clears throat> right. Yeah. yeah. Like even making a total journey from another country, coming from overseas, and then like coming Culture, into this system, country with infrastructure, whole different. Um, I mean that. Yeah, like that's that's uh, bravery, and especially yeah, with for your. I mean, my parents from the Caribbean, um, but John with your mother. I mean, as well. Like, I'm not sure if she had uh, learned. Um, yeah, English, but I mean, yeah. if English wasn't her first language, if if so, right? So coming to even language barrier wise too, right? And even that same thing with with Asian people or whatever, like that's mm-hmm. coming where there's that language barrier. Absolutely, barrier. I think you yeah. gotta definitely have a, a that's, sense that's of adventure if you're gonna go to yeah, another yeah. country, another culture altogether. Like it's not like you know you're going from Nigeria to Ghana, like you know mm-hmm. there are some so homogeneous aspects to it, some similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I just want to touch on is, you know, back to David's topic regarding like, you know, raising these children to accept and love and and be open to like other cultures. And sadly, you know, after George Floyd, um, which, you know, really sparked this podcast, uh, why so serious podcast is that there was this um, mm. this young European girl, she's probably like 15, but bold, with thick, fat, capital letter, B-O-L-D, <laughs> exclamation mark to infinity. This little girl yes. put her iPhone on her computer, like facing mm. her, the camera's on, and it's facing her, and her dad is saying, you know, mm-hmm. black people are just thugs, and that's yeah. why they all live in ghettos. And like, he's just ripping African Americans, and she's recording David. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, she's recording and def- <clears throat> and and defending. Right. Yeah, so that's the, the shocking part. So the uh, the first shocking part is what the father's saying about mm-hmm. blacks or African Americans, mm-hmm. and then the second part is the little girl defending uh, like like wow like like she's probably like like she's right. a, an attorney and not so little i mean you know, 15, african americans like yeah. no they're not all like that dad yeah and right. then the mom comes in and she's like well i want to get a two-piece in here and she throws her little um you know sprinkle of water into the hot boiling uh oil mm-hmm. and i'm like you know as a as a African man living in Winnipeg now in Toronto, you know we we knew this was happening, right? We're like, how did you learn the N word? Because we've never said it to you. Yeah. How did you how did you like learn to mm-hmm. kind of like keep away from us, and and come up with these like you know, like a predisposition against us? Mm-hmm. Like how like where did that come from? So. I was telling, I was saying yeah. to uh, David last night. We, we had a chat right. last night, and I said, "You know what? Like, to me, David's amazing. You know, 
and I and I say that because if you if you right. think about it, if you're in, if your culture predominantly has a viewpoint on minorities, mm-hmm. a viewpoint, a stance that says them mm, right. stay away, don't bring them home, go to work with them, like make money, but you know keep away, and the two shall never be one. You got that? Yes, dad. Mm-hmm. Yes, mom. And then you have a guy like David. Right. And I mean, David is not an, an anomaly, by the way, but yeah. like there's many people like David. And, that, and that's what thrills me about David. Because I go to the, I go to the grocery store and I literally try mm-hmm. to make conversation with a European woman or man. Sorry, usually man. And I, and I get this feedback like, keep it moving, man. Like, mm-hmm. go to your next aisle. Like, we're yeah. not here to converse. So... I'm saying all this to go back to this little girl who's living in a household of mom and dad. And this is their thinking, opinion, culture, Mm -hmm. mindset of black people in America. And it's fueling their decisions, fueling their decisions every day. So exactly. So if a black Mm -hmm. man comes to their house and delivers pizza, they'll accept it. Right. Because that's labor. Like this guy's doing something they don't want to do, which is go and pick it up. Or make it at home. But invite that same guy to come and eat with them. No, you can stand right there. You know what? Stand outside while we pay you. Yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, well, you know okay, go ahead. When I, when I look at all this, I'm always like attracted and magnetized to people of different cultures who are just kind to me. And they're like, you know, maybe because of my skin color, maybe mm-hmm. because of my height, but they're just like, it's like they want to get to know me. So Kwame, and I, oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I, th- part of my, my point here mm-hmm. when it came to the parenting is I, I actually did say it's not about being nice. It's about values, right? Mm-hmm. And when I think about how I treat Kwame, I'm not being nice to Kwame, right? He's, he's, he's like a close friend. I've got nothing but respect for him, but I'm not doing mm-hmm. any favors. I mean, I'll do favors, of course, if, if he needs a favor or you know, I want to do something for him, but it's not like I'm doing this to be nice, right? Like I'm getting value out of out of our time together, and it's not right. it's not something that I'm doing just out of the goodness of my heart, right? Because I want to be a good person. Uh, I think I think that's where you yeah. know everybody yeah. needs to take a step back, and it's not like why can't you be nice to me and just do something nice for him? I mean, you should do that for sure, but I think. We've got to get beyond that to a place where mm-hmm. you are both getting value at, on a deeper level from this interaction, right? And how do you get – niceness is the starting point, but it's not the end point in any right. way. Because if I was just nice to Kwame, he would know – he'd pick up on that, right? Mm-hmm. We, we wouldn't be intermeshing our lives in any way, right? I can still be nice right. to you and not invite you in. You know, right, right. I, that's the big right. thing that, uh, you know, I haven't fully formed that thought or understanding how to right. get to that point. But I'm not doing anything nice for Kwame just because I want to be a sweet person and not be regarded as mean. Right. right. Yeah, you're right. People do see right through that. And I think you have a, you know, David, I'm, I just met you today, but I think I got to agree with Kwame that you are a great guy from what I hear. I mean, um, I think it's, yeah, I think that's a great, I, I don't even know if there's a better approach than that rather than to look at values and just have it, have it almost be like 
have it almost be organic, right? Natural. Where again, where where if you do it that way, the way that you've been talking about um, this this whole podcast, the way that you've been talking about the whole show is, yeah. I mean, if you do it the right way, then there, you know, again, with with kids, even it's not. It may not even be something that has to be like, okay, kids, sit down. Um, we need to go over this. When you see a person that's uh, black or Asian. You need to do A, B, C, D. You, you right? still do. You like, still need to do a bit of that. Natural. They'll still just need know. to do you a bit of that. Have to yeah, say for any sure. Words to them. Anyway, in your if you want to be an anti-racist, yeah, like you're still gonna have to have those conversations, and they're important right. to have. But that's not the that's not the meat of it, right? Yeah. Right, right. A lot, a, a lot of it might just a lot of it might come naturally, but there's less, maybe less, maybe the yeah, the better yeah. thing is to say that there's less having to be like that's it you know if, if they see it they see your example that's i mean it, as yeah. a parent i mean again from what i know of you and and they see your actions and, and what you the kind of people that you associate with how you treat people um i mean they they take that example and if they're and if they stray from that or if there's anything yeah yeah it's uh, not a set of rules that, it's, it's, always, a, it's a you know, overall you approach to your life i wanted to 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 you know join what sean said there that example that you're setting for your children um, the fact that David's kids are seeing different people walking in their doors all the time. They're like, whoa, who, like, whoa, this guy, where is he from? <laughs> right? And that's, they, you know, there's a picture of David on uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And it was like a huge, like, like a lot of Spaniards, I think I saw, you know. And like the conquistadors. <laughs> okay. I'm yeah, joking, I'm joking. You, right? And I was just like. Man, how come I wasn't invited to this party? Uh, hey, hey, hey. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, Erica wanted to join the conversation with her pot banging. Um, but I saw this picture and I'm like, man, I wanna w- I wish I was there. I'm serious. I don't care what you were eating. I just want to be there. <laughs> right? And like my little I have a little daughter, she's 17 months old. And I'll tell you one thing that I, I really believe in is that I'm open to her bringing anyone home mm-hmm. when she gets that age of dating, which will be around like 50 to 60 years old. <laughs> just letting you know now. <laughs> right. Daddy, can I bring home? No. When she was able to escape from the house. You know, I'm like, honey, bring him home. Right? <laughs> bring him home. And what I'm trying to really say is that like, don't bring someone home and think, oh, man, I, you know what? I don't know. And here's where, and here's where I'll tell you something that, that girls have set me up. Have set me up. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm talking about uh, European girls, you know, we're dating for a little bit. And they're like, Kwame, they're going to love you. <laughs> and that's what they always say. They're going to love you. And I'm thinking, um, okay. I get to their house and the reception starts everything off. Like, oh my, I should have just stayed home at the Jamas. Mm. I should have just went under the covers. But the girl <laughs> loves me. And I love the girl. And I will say right. I had one very quick right. story. One girl that I dated for some time in Winnipeg and the mother, the mother 
reminded me of Kathy Bates <laughs> in um, in that movie Misery. <laughs> she was not a nice lady at all. Run for the hills because that's what your future is going to look like if you stay with this woman. Yeah. <laughs> and the father, the father was as kind, as awesome. He was an older David. Let me put it to you that way. Right? He was a businessman, but the guy was just like, like, I just felt warmth around him. And the mother, I felt pure, pure winter. <laughs> like, like winter and you're naked. Oh, no. Like, with no shoes on. <laughs> and I was like, I love the girl, but I don't know about the next 30, 40 years, you know, being this family. Watch your back. <laughs> Instead of wearing a bulletproof Watch vest, your back. Wear, wear like a, a, a bulletproof vest for your back. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, jeez. She might. <laughs> back in. <laughs> Just when you were looking. Knife proof and bulletproof. You know, this is, this is you know, at yeah. the end, we, we're trying to, you know, have rapid fire. But, you know, I think we're obviously got, you know, we're, we're out of time here. But, um we obviously want to give a conclusion to our topic, um, but obviously I got time Sean for rapid fire. If you guys do. Oh, okay. Okay. Sean. Um, all right. Um, well, you know what? I don't have a rapid. I was, I was ready for the, the, the sort of the conclusion statement kind of thing, but um, either yeah. way, either yeah, way we can do it. I got a doozy for you guys. Maybe one rapid fire question. Um, how about we leave yours to the end? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a doozy. Um, Sean, I'm going to start here. You, you okay with that? All right. Yeah. So, yeah. my rapid fire question. You good. Uh, this is obviously to uh, you and Sean. Um, yeah. Now that we're in 2021, and you both have daughters um, and sons, ironically, yeah. and you live around about eight minutes away from each other. I think you guys should Absolutely. Go on down, Sean. <laughs> um. What what yeah. lessons <laughs> or or what you know based on your 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 living, um, you know in Winnipeg, what do you want to teach your kids about mm. you know um, how to meet other cultures and and be that you know that ambassador for your family? Like how how would you you know basically train them to say like like you know have an open hand to meet new people and, and forge new friendships. Is there a method or anything, any kind of lessons you want to train them uh, as they go out in the world? Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't know. Well, you go ahead first, David. Just, just sort of like interject a little bit there. The rapid fire with the way we've been doing it, we're still working on it, but we're trying to keep it where it's like, have about, I don't even have my timer with me today. Um, but usually we try to keep it to like, when you answer, it's yeah, like, you have like a minute and a half to two minutes to see sort of a, uh, yeah, summary easy. response. Um, kind of thing. So, maybe not easy. But... Um, yeah, you go ahead first. On this one. For me, it's, um, what kind of person do you want to be? Right. I'm not going to tell you, I don't have the prescription for every single step you need to take in life. That's just not going to work. Right. I, I want you to be thinking about you have a choice here with every interaction with the different people you're going to meet. Am I going to be a, a good person who sees the humanity in others or am I not? Right. And if you're always striving towards trying to see the humanity, 
to kind of giving people the benefit of the doubt um, and, and, you know, trying to build that connection, like authentic, genuine uh, connection that's going to make the world a better place. That's what you should be striving for. That should guide your approach to interacting with other people. After that, it's up to you. But you need to be able to engage in the world and then reflect on those interactions and decide, did I do that the right way? Am I getting closer to that goal? That's it. Right. Perfect. Perfect. I don't know if I can tell. <laughs> it's not? It's not a competition, I but I, I feel a little intimidated. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the pr- the prize. Well, you, is, do, you, uh, do you have the prize? Is you there a prize for this you, one? Um, Did you um, we get I'll let that? You eat today. <laughs> oh, I've been man. called the Comatron thank Generator. You, thank you so much. And it continues. It continues. Yes. Oh, man. I, I really, really appreciate it. I want to have that. a guy walking John, behind me all the time. Comatron Generous. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my response to that would be just how to instill that again. I think um, as, as we sort of touched on before, I think it's, it's uh, you know, through example and just maybe even just saying something like that, you know, what you are welcome to bring anyone um, here. I, I appreciate and I don't want you to feel um, intimidated. Um, I want you to be open open to to everything whether it's cultures foods i mean taking as much as the world of the world as you can we have we have the we have the internet now right as as we've had for many years but i mean at that age man with the possibilities and the access to information out there even before you meet people i mean it's it's do your research, and I don't mean like. Well, doesn't include creeping Facebook and Instagram profiles. However, <laughs> that can be some research, but just do your research on on uh, on just cultures and stuff like that in general. I mean, if you if you want to know something, I mean, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, as I I tell the kids too, and not that's the not that's the only thing it might sound bad, but mm-hmm. I often say like, Google it. Google it, man. Like, it's so easy to find information now. Like, you want to know about how, uh, what it is, where is, where is um, Eritrea, right? You want to know where it is? Type it into Google, and there will be a map that will tell you some, and it will point you to Wikipedia as the first link, and it will tell you, like, some basic information of where it is, the population, different kinds of foods that they have, and Mm -hmm. then you can go on from there. You can go down a whole wormhole of like oh it's this kind of food okay well i once you met a go to youtube i once met a check it out white right? I mean, woman what does it look her like? name was you know, asmara which i'm pretty oh sure God. is the capital of eritrea uh, correct me if i'm wrong wow. and uh you know found out the story behind her name mm-hmm. that's where she was conceived <laughs> her two oh, white shit. parents were there that's where she was conceived that's where they, na- they named her after that oh. that city which wow. uh, that was beautiful wow. it is it is yeah wow. And I think, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's a nice that lady that too. they call for a job interview hmm. and they're expecting this black woman. <laughs> like, no, uh, excuse me. What's your name? Uh, Ismara? Um, no, no. My, my paper here, 
right? And they're like, yeah, and the down. and the HR folks are like, damn, we were hoping to meet our quota with this person. <laughs> <laughs> Job is closed. Sorry, um, it, it's actually uh, we hired someone else. Oh no, Sean, what's what's your question for? <laughs> Oh, my question is is probably going to be a little bit more of a um, a, a softball one to that. I mean, um, it won't be as as probably not as as hard hitting. Maybe a little bit off topic, um, but you know, I'll say as far as I think a lot of the topics that we've this rapid fire have been about twenty twenty one. So I'm going to kind of continue with that that theme. I mean, how do you see, none of us can can predict the future, but how do you see the rest of this year playing out? We went through a lot. 2020 is historically going to be a, a year where there were so many things happening. I think it's, if this was, if it was an encyclopedia, yeah. 2020 might have to have a whole volume for itself. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, what are your predictions for the, the upcoming, just some general predictions for the upcoming year in, in like, you know, to, to condense that into like a two two minutes or less. What would you say your predictions for this this year? Who's who's on who's off the bat? For yourself or just in general? Um, um uh, I'll go with you I'll go with you, John. Twenty twenty prediction or sorry, twenty twenty one predictions. Um uh, you know, definitely hmm. can't forget about the vaccine. Um the vaccine I think is gonna be very controversial, you know there'll mm-hmm. be some that will just resist some that will take it. Um, I think 2021 is going to be a year of wait and see, you know, with, with the impact of the vaccine will be one thing. Um, government, um, government funding to their citizens uh, globally, um, you know, economic impact in terms of, you know, the, the slowdown of transactions and, just surprises in, in, in the economy. Like there are some things in the economy that I never expected would be mm. roaring, oh, like real estate. Oh, real estate crazy. is like nuts. Like in terms of if you have whatever, you know, I think typically you might expect like five, seven percent in Ontario. They're oh, seeing 18. Right. They're seeing 18 because people are, um, mm. I mean, there's evictions. Right. But some are selling. There's a lot of divorces that have happened during this time. So they're selling. People are looking. Uh, yeah, interest rates yeah. are very low, right? So it's this, it's this cauldron of, like, just a really good good timing. Um, I think my, you know, I could I have a number of predictions, but I think one other thing is um, there's, there's to be seen the level of impact on children and schooling because, you know, from – you know, how they're going back to school and, and just all the protocols that are happening. Um, I think we have to really look at the mental health aspect um, that will be impacting kids, also adults. Uh, and there's a, a thing called the uh, basically the, the COVID, the COVID mm-hmm. iceberg. Mm-hmm. In other words, we're all seeing the cases and deaths, right? That's the easiest metric. Mm-hmm. But beneath the 90%, which is the divorces, um, 
mm-hmm. domestic abuse, alcoholism, um, mental illness, alcoholism, like divorce. Like it's it's a whole bunch of stuff that was never right. factored in. You know, we're more concerned about keeping people alive. <clears throat> um, so I think I think twenty. Right. You think that? Uh, I think, yeah, 2021 and beyond, um, you know, but it's also up to the media on how they, Mm. they show that, right? The media is really, for some people, it's their main source of information, right? And I I disagree with that because it's, Mm. it's so, it's so skewed, right? It's so skewed. And uh, I think when you have multiple sources, then you're like, oh my, you're seeing like the totality of the picture as opposed to like one block of information. So I think 2021 will be a year of of learning more about the pandemic um, and its its impact. So that means everything I'm really talking about is just around COVID, um, but it's it's going to be a, a powerful, I think, a powerful year for us to learn um, more about our planet, our people. Right. Yeah, during the five minutes that Kanye right, or Kwame took. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm about David, to tell you about you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. I don't believe the earth is flat. Okay. So I'm gonna take a totally different approach. I, I, I totally agree with what uh, with with many of Kwame's point, points there, but uh, you know, I, I'm looking at where we're going and what the world's gonna look like after all of this. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, I think you can actually YouTube it. It's a video called The First Flight to Ibiza After COVID-19. Uh, anyway, James Corden. I don't want to put that on your podcast. Yeah, First Flight mm-hmm. to Ibiza After Quarantine. James Corden uh, did a video with Kanye West where Kanye's entire choir for his church was on a plane. And they start singing and clapping. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's an amazing video. Mm-hmm the original right. and then there's like a remix where they put other music over top and it's basically james yeah. corden the only white guy in this plane and he's just he's just so excited and happy to be in this moment um and yeah. they've made this video as if it's going to be like there's there's so much diversity all these mm-hmm. people are together on a plane to go party together right to me that's what i think the future is going to look like for us we're going to come out of this quarantine right. We're going to have new awareness. We're going to have a new desire to, to commune and bond and make the world a better place. And we're going to be rocking out together, partying, having a great time, loving life, building a, a closer, more united society. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that. If that's the case, yeah. I'm down. I'm down. Uh, uh, you will change up to the chandelier. You can start swinging once you're back from Churchill. Guys, <laughs> 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 it's been a huge pleasure and a privilege for me to be a part of this show. Um, I think what you're doing is fantastic. It's, I would say, it's on the next level because it's going into you know, dialogue, which isn't in an echo chamber. You're inviting different perspectives from all around, and that's so important right now. Hey, Kwame, to you as a longtime friend, I just want to say you make me feel like a brother, and that is, from a guy like you, that's such an amazing feeling. It means a lot to me. 
And um, praise God. Yeah, thrilled to be your friend. Praise God. Yeah, um, you know, like I said, you know, David's a very unique guy. Um, you know, I, I I had this thing I I you know learned a few years ago is say the things to people now while they're alive that you would have said at the eulogy. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. at the eulogy, <laughs> who's who's benefiting? Yeah. You know, so so say to that person, you know. Um, I heard about Maria Shriver, Arnold Schwarzenegger's um, former wife. Apparently, she used to handwrite letters to people and post them. You know, like after a lunch, after a talk. But that person would keep it on their fridge or somewhere and say, Mike, like, who does that these Mm -hmm. days, right? It's just a text, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say, you know, about David, uh, I'll reiterate, like, amazing guy. And of all the things I could say, I would say what's probably his legacy is his family. Anytime I'm around his family, I feel, I never feel like a stranger. I never, even if it's been years, I always feel like warm, like like a warm welcome. And that's a huge attribute to him and his wife, right? Um, If you know anyone out there who has friends that are married, the woman is the one you really have to try and get close to, right? Because she's the one where you say, yeah, I'm going to Kwame tonight. And she's like, excuse me, you're staying home, <laughs> right? Um, and that's, that's the hard part. But, you know, I never had to do anything extra. Um, it was just a natural relationship between him and his, uh, my, his wife and me. She's just a wonderful lady. Um, but whenever I go to his house, man, I feel like, I could come back in the morning for for breakfast, you know. <laughs> you should. Uh, you should without... just come over sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and um... <laughs> wasn't you just here last night? That's what you. That's what you find out real. <laughs> he took the syrup. <laughs> it's like David. David, your friend's got <laughs> I think he's, he's bringing it back. <laughs> um, but I also extend this over to Sean. Um, mm. You know, Sean's a very special friend. Uh, and also to him and his family. The legacy that his family's left on my mind is, you know, when Sean's living at home, I could go by there all the any time, you know, and see his parents, see his mom, but his mom would give you the most hilarious jokes. <laughs> like, but the thing is, David, oh, yeah. she would never laugh. <laughs> Straight face. Right. No, my mom like yeah, like, like you know, like... Yeah. Uh, you know, you go pick up Sean, and Sean is late. He's in the basement. And then, you know, her mom's like, oh, yeah, Sean's doing his makeup. And straight face. And I'm like, mom, that's hilarious. And she's like, yeah, do the dishes. I'm like, oh, my lady, you should be on stage. Like Caribbean Fest comedy yeah, night. Yeah. The main feature, Miss <laughs> Thomas. Right. Um, you know, and it goes back to Sean's family, you know, all his brothers. Like, um, anyways, it's a privilege to know somebody, um, but it's an even bigger privilege to know their family. Mm. Like, when they invite you over yeah. and they tell you their address, yeah. because I have friends where I drop them <laughs> off at home. But yeah, I'm serious, the at the corner. <laughs> and they're like, I just want to go for a walk. I'm like, okay. We just spent like we just spent like three hours together tonight, and you want me to drop you off at the corner? Yeah, that's weird. 
Anyways, but David, uh, you know, thank you so much for those kind words. Uh, and I, I appreciate the two of you so, so much. Uh, and this podcast is, is something thank that you, we're man. hoping that uh, grows. We're looking, you know, to expand to more people, um, you know, to, have, to be guests on here because we have a lot to say. Uh, but we believe we have, you know, friends and other people out there who have a lot to share. So um, mm-hmm. I, I learned, I learned so much from others, so much. My education is not in a in a you know a sailor bubble. Mm-hmm. I learned so much from other people. So I'm grateful for you guys. Absolutely grateful. Yeah, Thank feelings you. mutual. And, and Sean, it's been a pleasure getting to know you as well. Amen. Yeah, same. I think we're going to have to walk to each other's house someday because we're so close. <laughs> You're very we close. Might, we might just have to do that. I just think we, we picked it up here on this call like we were all like three old friends yeah. and like, you know, high school or before. It just came natural. Meet up at the BDI, the bridge driving. <laughs> no, you could. Yeah. Easy. Actually, Easy. Okay. You're, yeah. um, and, and make sure you get, you get uh, um, sprinkles on your Sunday. <laughs> And then go for a walk on the bridge. Get, a, get yourself, get yourself a goog special. A what? If you're from if you're from, if you're from Winnipeg, you know what a goog special is. A BDI. If you if you've been to BDI, maybe I've been to maybe that's my been to BDI a few too many times. But the goog special is their class. The trademark. Yeah. Um. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think you're making Kwame hungry. I think he's tearing into a bag of chips there. No, 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 no. So it like I'm trying to find some some there. baby food for my daughter. I can't find any. All right, all right. Um, but um, yeah, or is the chips the baby food? could be baby food. Oh boy, I don't want to get her started on that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but um, David, David has his uh, his rapid fire question for us. Apparently, it's a doozy. Right, right. So I've spent a few seconds in uh, in silence. So I'm ready. Okay. All right, here it is. <clears throat> So you know how you've got, you know, I remember talking to a lot of young women. Uh, they were actually black, Caribbean, uh, African-descent women uh, in Winnipeg. And they would always kind of they'd complain about how hard it was to find a man in Winnipeg, right? And, hmm. and you know, that, hmm. that's a tough thing to hear. You, you always want the best, especially wonderful ladies like these ladies. Uh, I mean, I was already taken at the time, hmm. so I wasn't an option <laughs> But Darn. <laughs> and so, you know, since that time, I've often reflected on kind of their comments and and, you know, you listen to a lot of popular music and, uh, you know, you've got mm-hmm. artists like Rihanna and Beyonce and, you know, maybe uh, Cardi B or uh, who's that other rapper who was ousted by Cardi B? Oh, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Nicki, yeah. But anyway, I mean, you listen to their lyrics, and when they're talking about men and the men that they desire and the men they want to be with, they use the N-word, right? And, and, right. and I'm thinking to yeah. myself, like, that's sending quite a signal. Because if you're a young white guy or a young non-black man who thinks black women are attractive, but you're listening to all these mm-hmm. black women and they're rapping, basically saying, like, the only guy for me is only a black man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm just curious to know how, yeah. how, you know, men like yourself feel about that kind of language in popular music. 
Hmm. Well, we did. We actually do have this sort of, um, if you want to call it a, not even really kind of a spoiler alert, but we have this as one of our on a list of topics that hmm. for us to discuss on a future episode because that's yeah. a whole topic to itself. But, um, um, uh, John, you want to go first? I'm, on this? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna weigh in minutes? after uh, the wisdom of Sean. I mean, <laughs> okay, I'm watching the time here to give it. I'll give it. Like we said, about two minutes rapid fire. So, quick thoughts on this are, um, I mean, two things with as far as like just, um, you know, women specifically, um, you know, wanting to find a man and stuff like that in Winnipeg. I do hear it's, I, I've heard the same thing that it's tough. Um, the ratio here is great for guys, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if it's so great for women. Um, but aside from that, the n-word itself i think i mean i personally i personally don't like to include it as part of my vocabulary mm-hmm. um i know i've heard it in a lot of hip-hop music but i think i think it still sends even if you're calling your friend that whatever i mean i don't know i just don't like it i've never liked it i just the the initial meaning of it even that whole talk about trying to take back the word and change it and make it a powerful hmm. word and stuff like that. Whatever. But the thing is, you know, if you're saying it in, if you, yeah, if, if you're saying it in music, you have fans, all kinds of fans. I think there's a responsibility there too, because it's, it's like, you know, you don't want people to say it, but you're saying it to all your fans when you're having concerts, all the, fa- all the fans, no matter what color, they're singing along with your song saying that they're going to, they're not knowing the difference that it's not cool. They're wondering why they can't. Then it just brings up questions, brings confusion. Why can't they say it? Um, you know, why can't they call their black friend that, or why can't yeah. they call their other other friends that aren't black that? Why, why and why is it cool when some people do it? And it's just like call them. I like to call people again. Um, black, my friends that are black men that are close to me, I call them my brother. Yeah. I think that's much more term of endearment to say like, Hey, John, brother, how are you doing, man? I tell you when, right. when a black, when a black, oh, that's, yeah, that's my thought. sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. Like if a black guy oh, no. calls me brother, that's the most amazing feeling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you see so much brotherly love between black men. They're not going to just use that word willy nilly any old time. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a little bit different with white guys. <laughs> They might call each other bro or buddy or, you know what I mean? But um, yeah. as soon as you're brought into that circle, you feel that embrace from from a world that you only often get to see from a distance. You know what I mean? So you, you guys have your own, like, you got your own teepee and you're bringing me into the teepee and it feels amazing. You know what I mean? And that's just bringing yeah. people together, right? Yeah. So... I hear what you're saying yeah, about exactly. not using divisive language because what you're doing is keeping people out with that, I think. Yeah. 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 And then it's just, it just brings a lot of confusion. And it does. The, the history of the word has so much bad history beside, behind it. Why you would decide to take that and try to say, well, we're going to try to flip that around and, and use it differently now. And people think so, it's something different. And yeah. It just, I, for me, I don't, I don't like it. Respect. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but you're right. Um, um, well, as for me, <clears throat> the the stats from uh, 
Sean, what's that guy's name? Is it Kevin Samuel? Um, or that I sent you, that's the Instagram guy, or yeah, whatever, Kevin yeah. Samuel, right? Okay, so I listened to some of his show tonight or today, and uh, you know, he's just kind of like a, a you know, advisor to young uh, African American women on relationships and dating and marriage and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Very, very insightful, very confident kind of guy. Anyways, so he gives an interesting stat that I've heard for a long time ago. One in four African-American female gets married. <laughs> One in four. And then he says that for, for white females, it's two in four. So, so twice as many of them are yeah. getting married. And, you know, this is its own oh, yeah. show, David. This sure. is its own show. Now, mm-hmm. the conundrum is that you're using the N-word, right? You're going to get that kind of guy. She will yeah. get a guy. Now, he may not want to marry her, but she will get that mm-hmm. kind of guy. And he may not treat her as she would like and so on and so on. But you will get that kind of guy. So I remember many years ago, I, I started to just really think about what is going on here. And I realized that whenever I would see or approach a black woman, there was this really uh, negative attitude. And it was just, I would say, for, for many of them, not all, not most, but for many of them. And I just started to try and think, like, why is this attitude there? And, and, and this was like in the 90s, actually. It started in the 90s. That's when I really started noticing it. And it was just prevalent. And here's what I noticed. Um, black women have a certain attitude towards black men because they feel entitled. <laughs> like, like he's mine. Mm-hmm. He's my man. Like, th- these are our men. It's like that. So I don't ever have to work. Right? I don't ever have to capitulate. I don't ever have to, have to mm-hmm. submit um, and show him what he's looking for in order for him to feel like I can be vulnerable and, and even give her what she's looking for. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you have this vicious cycle of you get guys become mm-hmm. F-boys. You know what the mm-hmm. F stands for. And they just become players. And the girl's just like, oh, my goodness, why can't I ever mm-hmm. find a good man? And she's literally looking for the same thing over and over, you know, Men are, men are no good. They're all ish, and so on and so on. And she keeps getting the exact same thing over and over and over. So how do you feel about, though, that, I mean, not, I mean that's even a different job. But I was just sort of getting back to how do you feel about that N-word? Well, it's, it's, it's really what I'm saying here is that, you know, I think it's uh, an absolutely terrible thing to call anyone right no matter who you are uh to perpetuate it through the music through the culture uh and call it as a a positive thing and you're removing the power you're not removing anything because trust me anyone that calls you that does not look like you you are ready to fight kill or destroy that person so when it comes to you know when it comes to dating and and women saying this all the time they're going to get what they want and, you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this, um, but I just really, 
um, just disturbed. <laughs> you know, I'm really disturbed that this is something that we think is is okay, and um, th- there's an ideology that women sadly have have adopted. They've swallowed it and thought this is exactly what we need. <laughs> And, it, and it's quite extensive. It starts with, you know, putting their career first. Um, it starts with, you know, celebrate me, the woman, you know, trample on the man. And later on, they find out it's complete horse mm-hmm. poop. And it's too late by that time. Mm-hmm. Right? It's too late by that time. Mm. They're married, a couple of kids. She's miserable. And it just, you know, then it's like, well, who told me this? Yeah. Who taught me this? Whoever taught you that yeah. is long gone. Well, I appreciate you guys indulging me. Uh, it's fascinating you hear your perspectives, and I do I respect what you're saying. Um, anyway. Yeah, David, yeah. you know, thank yeah. you so much for joining us. I, I know you're, um, you know, you're, you're on the road, but uh, we're, we're just grateful, you know, for your time uh, together today. Uh, this has been tremendous. Uh, I wanted David to come on here because I, I love his mind. <laughs> He's a great thinker. He's, he's got a great, uh, he's got a great palette of, of thoughts, you know? Um, and, and there's something David said to me many, many years ago, you know, he was like, I just, I want like stimulating conversation. I was like, wow. And I was intimidated when he told me, when he told me that. So I was like, I don't know if I can stimulate your, you know, you mentally. Um, but whenever I talk to David, I'm always stimulated. <laughs> so I hope today we were able to, yeah. You know, hit, hit your <laughs> scale of, uh, of stimulation course. in your mind, David. Yeah, I mean, for for me, it's uh, <laughs> the part about yeah. truth and preachers. Uh, that, that's a big deal. Uh, but I think the other thing is people want to exist in reality, right? Um, it's it's about trust, right? When someone's honest, but it's also about does this mm-hmm. person exist in reality, right? And reality has a grip, you know, and you you are infinitely more present in those moments when someone is talking about stuff that really matters, that's relevant, you know? And, uh, and that's why I love these kinds of conversations. Uh, this is, this is real talk, you know? So it's, it's great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's also contagious too, right? If somebody is, you know, it makes for better conversation. Like, again, great to be with both of you guys uh, today on this and, and, and thanks, um, I mean, thanks, thanks of course, to, to John as, as usual, but also very special thanks to you too, David. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I hope we get a, a chance to do this again for sure. I uh, hope to do it again soon. Absolutely. I'm hoping, I'm hoping sooner yeah. than later. But uh, yeah, this is, this is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we got to get an email address all set up so that you can send an you know, email as well if, you, if you've got other thoughts. Um, just another, another medium for you to communicate with us. Mm-hmm. Right, and we and just as a also another side, we have. Um, I said you can find it on our Instagram account that was just set up, um, but our Instagram account is why so serious dot podcast on Instagram. So just as it sounds all together, why so serious? W h y s o s e r i o u s dot podcast. <laughs> Um, just showing off, showing off some of my spelling. Skills, Wonderful. You know? And don't ask him to spell water, <laughs> by the way. W. <laughs> yes. 
There's no there's you. No, there's no Wu Tang. Yeah, um, gentlemen, I think it's it's uh, it's about that time. Um, yes. But uh, this has right been on. great, guys. This has been great. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. You too. All the, the best. Of, uh, rest of the rest day, evening. Guys. Yeah. The rest of the evening. All right. Thank cheers. You so much. Take care, All right, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Good night. Okay.